0: Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Hello and welcome back. Today I'm talking with Professor Bob Lingard, one of the leading education researchers in Australia and beyond. Bob's well known for his work on education policy, critiques of OECD's PISA testing, and the development of the productive pedagogies concept. In this conversation, Bob reflects on the art and craft of being an education researcher. We talk about the distinction between education research and educational research, how academics can work productively with calls for research impact and research excellence, and we also reflect on what the added value of university-based education research is, as compared to the trend for governments to commission consultant-produced reports of what works and why. We kick the conversation off with a couple of not-so-simple questions. So how would Bob define education research? And what does he see as the essential ingredients for good education research? So I
1: I suppose it's inquiry about education defined in the broadest way, institutionally and practice terms. And then good, I suppose, is the quality of that. Um, And as for quality, I'd say one of the things is the significance of the topic uh, and particularly at a particular moment in time, even though there are enduring questions. I'd say it's the significance of... um, the sort of theoretical framing, the thought about the methodologies, and so there's a sort of onto-epistemological alignment between those. And I think it's findings and quote marks, outcomes, um, which come out of the systematic inquiry that's gone on, and and hopefully they have some significance in education and the broadest possible definition. So... I think we should define education research as broadly as possible, the theoretical frames as broadly as possible, and the methodological, and that I work in one of them. But I think we have to be magnanimous to see quality across difference and across the field. And one of the things that always struck me as very interesting was for 10 years I chaired the AARE Best PhD in Education Award, And we had five people who were as broadly different, quantitative people, psych people, cultural studies people. And what we used to do when we got in the 18 or 19 um, submissions is have our criteria and each person would rank them from 1 to 19. And I have to say in the 10 years across our methodological, theoretical, political differences our rankings were always quite similar. And so it struck me that even if not explicated, as education researchers, we had some idea of what good and quality was.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So education research is a broad church. And one of the interesting distinctions you've made recently is this difference between education research and educational research. Can you just kind of expand on that a little?
1: Yeah, when I talk about education research, I suppose one way of thinking about it is research on education, research about education. So it's a sort of a social science approach to understanding the phenomenon of whatever education is. And that can be defined broadly, I think, in terms of institutionally, organisationally and in practice terms. And so I think you might have sociology of education or philosophy of education, history of education, ed, psych or whatever. But with educational, I think it has a much more educative purpose and wants a more direct and uh, explicit uh, impact on educational organisations, educational policy and educational practice. So it has a much more direct perhaps, and uh, and a shorter time frame impact, because I think what I call education research also does impact on policy. But I think that Carol Weiss stuff about social science research impacts policy through a long percolation process and it's taken up in the assumptive worlds of um, policymakers. I think there was something John Maynard Keynes said about this a long time ago, that the common sense amongst policy makers now is sort of economic theory from a decade ago. And I think that's a way that there's that sort of impact. But but the distinction I make is that one's about understanding the phenomenon which is education and the other is trying to have a direct impact on policy and practice in education as educational. And I think impact in that way more instrumental even though it doesn't have to be it can also be conceptual
0: yeah absolutely so i mean there's that form of good yeah. research but i mean one, one set of criteria for good research that's often banded around are these ideas of robustness or yeah. rigor or replicate yeah. education research is often criticized for kind of falling short on those qualities i mean is that a fair criticism and if so does it matter
1: so if you come back to my argument neil that what we've got is a broad field so i think some of what's called education research. And look, I would say there can be poor randomised control experiment research just as there can be poor autoethnographic research. So it's not that this is good and this is bad. I mean, I think there's criteria for quality around all of the types. So I think you might want replicability in some sort of education research, but not in other. And the other can have equal impact and feed into the academic research literature and so on. I mean, I always think that, you know, history of education, philosophy of education, which I think is really important, there's a way in which in the discourses of replicability and so on, they sort of get pushed away because there's a conception of one sort of research. And Look, I, I don't know, I was head of school Um, for a while Um, I didn't like being head of school but the one thing I'd say I learnt very quickly Neil was that I had to learn to acknowledge understand be magnanimous about different kinds of good work you know I couldn't just look to the replication of what I did I had to look across and I think that's what I'd say about education research so some research might fit into that desiring uh, being uh, replicable and robustness but others which is equally important
0: yeah i mean absolutely and that's why it's really important to read widely and as you say kind of think outside your own sort of preferences but i mean another uh, we've talked about impact and we've talked about good research another kind of set of criteria that universities are quite keen to push on education researchers at the moment is this idea of excellence for example i mean what is excellence in education research and how can we actually work generatively with that concept?
1: Yeah, I think we have to work generatively with it. So I think us, the education researchers community, you know, through our research associations, professional associations, through things like the deans of education, we have to speak back and define it and don't have, allow it to be defined for us. And I think it has to be defined broadly again. So, you know, you, you can hardly speak against excellence, I suppose. But I, I think what is excellent research and this sort of small ethnography and how do you do that? Or this autoethnography, ethnography or um, this large questionnaire or... So, so I think we need different criteria um, for different sorts of research of what excellence is. And I think us as the researchers must. We, we can't simply be the recipients of policy around research. We have to play actively in that game. And I think we haven't played actively enough in the game, in a way. Maybe it's a moment again to try to do that. I don't know. I was thinking of your replicability. And there's something I read, I think, Apadurai has written about that research, if you think of the prefix and search, research, so there's a way you do build on what's gone before, mm. um, which, which is interesting. But that, that isn't replicability, I think, necessarily about the sort of research you're doing, but it's that you build out of what's gone before. I know one of the criticisms of education research has been that it doesn't sort of accrete and add together so that we know much more about this. But, of course, the thing we're researching keeps changing. It doesn't yeah. remain constant. I mean, there's a way in which schools now look like schools when I went there, but there's a way in which the kids are nothing like what I was like when I went to school. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So what we research keeps changing. So we've got to be ever mindful of that. Yeah,
0: whilst also being mindful of the fact that we are kind of standing on the shoulders of previous generations of education research. No, I mean, I'm interested in terms of, and we've talked about the what makes education research. I'm interested to move on to the why. In your view, in, based on your kind of experience, yeah. what is the point of education research? I mean, what does education research, or at least good education research, do?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a very good question. And I think it's, you know, I think Vygotsky argued the pedagogical is part of being human. You know, you teach your kids, whatever. And, and so I think education, you know, it's since you know, the Industrial Revolution, modernity has been a central cultural institution involved in the reproduction of the society. So I think understanding that, which is what education research and all of its manifestations seeks to do, is important and necessary. And then if it does have a flow on... See, I would say, Neil, you you, you tell me if you disagree. I think even across conservative people and politicians... People understand that social class background, SES if you want, background of kids is a factor in who performs well and I think Mm. it's almost a universal understanding and where did that come from? It came from sociological research of education as an institution across the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Now, that manifests in different ways as kids stay on in greater numbers to the end of schooling and more go to university with maths. But so I think the understanding of this central institution in all societies uh, now um, is part of a human desire to know. And then education research is the sort of specialised, professionalised bit trying to really get to understand that. And I suppose so maybe we might be able to do otherwise if it's not working in the way we think it ought to be working. Mm. I mean, but... It, it, what we do in research isn't the only thing that determines what policymakers do and what politicians do Do you know we're only one component of it
0: yeah but we are we are taken seriously we still do have authority we have a voice in that i mean yeah it behoves us to actually kind of
1: use that voice no no i agree i agree and that's why i think that Bourdieu's argument that all social scientists should participate in public debates, I agree with, but it's not as politicians. Mm. It's somehow using what we know from the research we've done to get that into the public sphere as part of the, the, the debate to ventilate That set of ideas. So it's not us as a politician saying what you thought you wanted to say, irrespective of what you asked, etc. But it's actually using what you found out and what the researchers found out to enter into that debate. And I think that's really important.
0: So, I mean, I've just got a couple of other questions. And one thing that's kind of bothering me is, does it really matter who does education research? And I've got a couple of different... A couple of different angles to take this on. First off is the idea that education research has to be done in a faculty of education by, you know, education. I sometimes get a sense that the best education research these days has been done by philosophers, by geographers, by neuroscientists, et cetera, et cetera. What do universities, why do universities need faculties of education in order to do education research?
1: Yeah, I think in relation to your first observation, I would agree with you. And, you know, the University of Queensland, where I spent most of my academic life, has got a huge brain institute with huge amounts of money in it. But, you know, the director of that used to come and talk to me all the time about trying to avoid a reductionist construction out of neuroscience. Do you know? And he wanted these simplistic notions that, like, gone, and he wanted... So I think your point's right, and I think there's huge opportunities.
0: There's a role, I guess, for faculties of education to be a bit more forthright in saying, well, actually, we can add to your scholarship around education, even if you're not in education... Because, I mean, I guess education is one of these things that everybody thinks they know about it because they've experienced it. So a medical researcher is going to say, well, I know about schools, I can do that. But as you say, they're missing a trick. The second point about who does education research that I'm picking up on is, does it actually have to be done in universities at all? We're seeing so much evidence now being produced by the likes of kind of you know pwc and mckinsey and oecd as well as policymakers and teachers picking up on kind of practically orientated stuff from independent researchers and market is there a danger that the university produced education research is getting squeezed out and if so what do we do about it
1: okay and and i think i find it enormously frustrating that state departments of education in australia very often employ those big consultancy firms pwc to do the research now i think when you commission research of that kind it's not academic research deconstructing the issue that you've got to do the research on it takes the problem as a given and i think it tends to function in a way which only references other research of that kind not the academic ed research so it's quite self-referential if you look at all of those consultancy research but even if you look at OECD A C E R UNESCO is a bit different i think but those also tend to reference certain sort of research mm. and totally ignore huge body of academic research
0: absolutely yeah, i mean
1: and i think there's a whole lot of research now which has looked at in a bibliometric way the references and that sort of consultancy mm. are, and in academic research, and, you know, this basically doesn't get referenced in this. And, and often they, those PWC and the like bring in academic researchers as consultants, but that's never quite as evident in the reports they produce, I think. So, I don't know, I've read some of those reports. In Queensland at one stage there was a move out of government schools into non-governments, and I think it was Price Waterhouse that did the research. And it was very strange. I read the research report and it seemed to me that if you were asking me about why this was happening, these wouldn't have been the questions and this isn't what I'd say about it. But it's told the government they could do this, this and this, do you know?
0: So it kind of, again, it falls to us to sort of stress the the added value of academic research, as you say, and yeah. frame that criticality um, and that sophistication as a, as a plus. <laughs> That's what I it.
1: think. And I think it's sometimes by some policymakers seen as a huge negative. Yeah. Like Barry Jones once, when he was the minister for whatever... Um, in the Hawke-Keating times, he produced that document, you know, of the future. It was this thick policy document and it had all these diagrams, which were so complicated. And they asked me if I would introduce him at all these public fora. And I did that. And I remember afterwards he said to me, oh, the problem with people like you, academic researchers, academic educational researchers is that you're two-handed. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you often say, if you did this, this would possibly happen. And if you did this, this would possibly happen. You don't say, this is what you should do, so this is the outcome. And politicians basically want to hear, this is what you should do and this is the outcome. Whereas researchers, there's an equivocation, which I think is a positive about what we do. Do you know, I think we have to be open and not dogmatic and not
0: categorical and not you know this is what we think yeah at this moment and I think that's difficult. having said that we've kind of slipped into this what works and why agenda yeah. which is actually very very equivocal and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so I mean that's something perhaps to push back on as well. I, th- I
1: think we should really push back against the what works stuff um,
0: and you know
1: I've found when I've done professional development with policy with policymakers in the Queensland education bureaucracy. They're much more interested in all the critical research mm. than in what works, you, which I find interesting. They want to be educated to be able to think about this and come to some, rather than being told this works somewhere else. And do, And of course, you can't carry context or history or politics with you, can you? You know, all, all of the arguments that oh, this happens in Finland. I
0: mean, no, it's 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 yeah. a complete minefield. All of yeah. that stuff. I mean, I mean, just finally, finally, yeah. finally. Yeah. We've talked a lot about the past. Yeah. What does the future have in store for you? I mean, where do you think university education research might be in 20 years' time?
1: I don't know, Neil. Like, I think this, the, the what you research, you know, datification, digitalization, all of that world, I think that's so big and getting bigger and, and then what that does around schooling and so on, you know, Google Classrooms, Google... Um, I, I think we are in a climate crisis and I think education in and around that is so important. And I did go to a preschool the other day where the kids sang about how bad coal was. I nearly fell off the seat. <laughs> <laughs> But I could see how some conservative politician would see it as indoctrination. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so I think the climate crisis... I think, you know, the movements of people and diversity and how that's played out within nations and schooling systems and where all of that goes and, and like, this mess we seem to be in the world. I think, God, I'm I'm the post-war baby boom and, and this must be the worst moment in that yeah. time. And so where do we go and what's education's role and what's the role of university schools, TAFE, FOCAD, etc. cetera? I, I think there's huge questions.
0: And a need for critical, sophisticated research that's not just trying to answer and give give answers but and solutions, but it's actually just pointing out problems.
1: Yeah, and asking questions. And asking yeah, questions. Yeah. Well,
0: that's a great, great point to finish on, Bob. Thanks ever yeah. so much for taking the time to talk about everything. I mean, it's been fascinating. And yeah, good luck with your future work. Yeah,
1: thank you. And thanks, Neil. It's been great talking with you.